Welcome back to the second part of our ninth episode with Nicolas Schum, Imagineer at Walt Disney Imagineering here in Hong Kong. Okay. So um, I guess it's a creative side of uh, Imagineering a bit more, but um, uh, Blue Sky is uh, one big part. How does it work? I mean, are you, would you, not that they have construction background, but uh, do you see a lot of the dna and sort of the culture from the creative side that comes into your project management side as well or is it as you say it's more execution and more getting it done to the finish line yeah so um through my experience by the time we've see, we it gets into our hands the blue sky is already done okay and that's usually like the concept side um they have a grand idea to build a land based on whichever ip hmm. um, they start doing a lot of the background information um, and gathering all the data that they need to see what they're going to put in the land, um, how it's going to work, scale, cost. Yeah. And um, by the time that's all worked out, um, when it reaches our hands, at least, or my hands, it's time to engineer it and get it done. Get it done. Yeah, okay. exactly. Sounds like a big challenge maybe as well, though, right? When you have all these crazy ideas and you're like, "How, gosh, how do we get this sorted, right, at the end of the day? Yeah, and um, the concept side can take, I can't really talk about time, but it, it can take years yeah. to get off the ground. You know, if there's no appetite for it, then we wouldn't build it. Yeah. If there's appetite for it, you know, how fast do you want it? Okay. Yeah, I was reading or in one of the Khan Academy videos, he was saying no idea is ever thrown away. There's no bad ideas, right? So everything is maybe put on a shelf and you can come back to it later. But there's no crazy idea. It's just something that maybe it's not the right time for it. Correct. And you come back for it. Come back for it later. Well, it's not crazy enough. <laughs> not crazy enough. Yeah. Technology well, hasn't reached that that point yet. Yeah. So speaking of technology, I guess that's one area where nowadays everybody talks about. Um, and I'm not sure how much you can talk about it, but how, is it fair to say that technology will play an increasing bigger role in in attractions and in rides and uh, in an interaction in, in Disneyland's, I think so. I think um, now with you know VR, um, hmm. you know it's not your traditional roller coaster, it's not your traditional attraction anymore. Um, there's ways to implement new technologies. 3D has been all over the place. It's already into consumers at home. Hmm. Um, how do you in- integrate that, or how do you put that into existing attractions or new attractions? Yep. Um, even just looking at our competitors or looking at other people building other other theme parks around the world, uh, they need to push the edge to make sure that the guests are happy. Absolutely. So, uh, well, you can deny it or whatever, but so yeah. I guess robotics is a big thing because you see like um, uh, auto, uh, animatronics that are independently operated, right? So they have their software and they interact with guests on their own, which seems pretty cool if you can bring a character like that to life. So I would think that's one. And you mentioned VR and uh, 3D. Any other areas like from the transportation? Is that, would you expect new technology coming there? Or what area is most exciting that's out there in the world that could be brought into a theme park? Let's put it very generic. Um, I mean, like Star Wars Land has a droid that, a robot or a droid that goes around the land and interacts with guests. Jake, right? I think. I don't know the name, but I've seen seen a couple videos. Hit Jake, yeah. Um different tech i don't know i think all tech's kind of converging at the at the moment Mm. um 
I've seen a lot of like tech where you're standing in a queue and you can play games on your phone when you would be playing on your phone anyways. Okay. Um, they'd immerse you a little bit more, uh, get you to download apps, mm. uh, other tech, other tech. What do you mean by like transportation tech or it could be transportation or it could be, uh, I mean, there's AI, right? Which is, um, I'm not sure if it has a big role. It's maybe more on the analytics for a park, right? Figuring out where people go, what people Guest do. Guest flow, yeah. foot flow. Logistics and that. Um, more operational, right? Support. Um, okay. Um, yeah, so, I mean, the question was, what tech is, is exciting to put, put into a theme park? If you have saying, man, this, this is the stuff. You said, I guess, virtual or augmented reality is, is one, right? Where you can do a lot. And there's much more use of screens now in the rides where you use, um, it's not all sculpted or modeled. It's also that you have then bigger screens you can play with a lot, right? Which, yeah, which... and even traditional projection is is getting even better. Hmm. Um, I've seen somewhere that they're doing holograms uh, for concerts. Okay. I mean, that that's just tr- uh, it's taking projection to the next level. Okay. Um, you, we could start seeing some of that stuff pop up. Uh, what else is there? You can uh, talk about, yeah, yeah very secretive uh, port. Okay, let's talk about pixie dust. <laughs> can you talk about pixie dust? Um, pixie dust. What, what about pixie dust do you want to... What is it, first of all? It's uh, Tinkerbell coming around and sprinkling that Disney magic on, okay. on any any guests or any, any person that uh, is in a, a Disney hotel, Disney park, watching a Disney movie. Hmm. Okay. It's, that, it's that fun vibe that um, gives you just a little bit more Disney-fied experience okay the cool thing is i think in uh the disney hotel here is that uh, if you're in the lounge mickey comes around in his bathrobe during a uh, happy hour so i guess that's is that a pixie dust kind of thing it is a moment um yeah. having the characters walk around is is big for the guests it's, it makes them happy it may, lets them take pictures with them shows them that you know mickey and the friends minnie and the fab five hmm. they're the original that's right. what makes it Disney. You know, you ask a little kid, Iconic, you ask anybody yeah. what Disney is. Usually they say Mickey Mouse. Yeah. And um, even in the parks, you know, meeting the, meeting the characters or taking a picture with them. Mm. People love, people wait hours to, to do. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, so, so let's talk a little bit about advice. If somebody wants to become an Imagineer, I mean, do you need to have a background... I guess, well, construction and PM is one area, but there's also the creative part. So what is, uh, how do most people get into this uh, this trait of Imagineering? You were maybe not the role model of, of that, where you're just going in a running group and... Takes a little bit of luck, but okay. um, it depends on what, what part of Imagineering you want to work on. Okay. So yeah, we are heavy construction, um, traditional fields, you can be an architect, you can be a structural engineer, you can be a mechanical, electrical, plumbing engineer. Mm. Um, if you want to get into creative, are you an artist? Are you an illustrator? Um, a lot of people jump between divisions. You know, okay. Traditionally, they're an engineer, and then they can go into fabrication. Um, 
because it's so vast, even we have a huge ride team and they're, they're also engineers. Mm. Um, and, and they're traditional in the sense that they all go to school, they all study and, um, get licenses. Uh, but look on the website, see what part of the Disney projects you want to work on. Um, even in construction, you can be a planning manager, you can be working on only schedule, you can mm. be a traditional quantity surveyor, estimator, right. um, landscape architect, you know, there's so many ways to, to work on or touch a Disney project. Um, a lot of them are in the traditional sense mm. and if it's not traditional where it's creative, um, you got to learn about the Disney side, um, and what, what the IP is about and, so being a fan helps, but it's not everything, I guess. It helps quite a bit. Oh yeah, okay. But uh, it's not everything, like you said. Just said it's um, looking to see what kind of holes they have to fill and and where you want to be in the organization. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for those of you not a fan, you should become a fan <laughs> if you want to go in that direction. It helps. Well, even we have like a huge show division, and what show is? It's like producing anything with IP. Um, we have factories all over the world mm. that that produce product for us and it could be even merch you know like a little plush toy yeah so yep. mini iron man um so you've obviously visited uh, i guess more uh theme parks or amusement parks than only disney ones is that fair to say before you joined maybe was it i've been to quite a few theme parks now okay so what are sort of the things that let's not talk about necessarily Disney, just about theme parks, but what makes or breaks a theme park where you say like, is it just a collection of rides? Is that good enough? Or is that an amusement park then? Or I mean, at what point can you say like, yeah, these guys sort of, this was a, is it, is it about being fun? Is that all about? Or with your occupational hazard, would you say like, sheesh, I mean, why did I have to walk so far? Why is the, where's the toilets? You know, where does it, where do you draw the line? Yeah. So I think you nailed it is what, what's in it? what's a theme park and what's an amusement park. Hmm. Um, big rides are a big draw. Um, some of the operators out there do that really good. They have these giant roller coasters and they're so fast and they're so big and they're so exhilarating. Hmm. Um, even being from Toronto, there's Canada's Wonderland and I'd call it a theme park. They've got a theme, they've got a mountain in the middle of the park and, but they have these huge roller coasters. Um, and then there's some Canadian theming in there probably easier to do the the rides than the ip part right definitely mm. definitely they're not um they're not immersing you in, in a highly themed um venue right. environment but um the rides are are the big draw they want to put people in seats and get them rolling through like roller coasters thrill, thrill for the sake of the thrill whereas in disney is usually the story that's sort of the most important part and then the ride just Interpret so vehicle for yeah. for you to tell the story. For the story, and that's right. that's exactly it. That's what that's what Disney does, and that's what the parks sell. Okay, and um, what's the worst ride you've ever been on in any park? Ooh, you remember that at all, or you just <laughs> are in denial? Uh, they're not. Um, can't be worst. You know they they've been engineered. They spent a lot of money on them. Um, they might be out of date. Okay. But uh, no worse. Okay, no worse. Yeah, out of date. I guess safety is an issue, right, when it comes to it. 
um, in some parks that you're, you know, uh, they don't necessarily spend much on maintenance, I think, which is obviously in Disney a very important on the operational side, right? That's no, of like course. Everything. Of course. Um, we wouldn't build it if it wasn't safe. Mm. And uh, when you go to other parks, you know, they're they're operating regular rides and they all they all have to be safe. Yeah. Um, you wouldn't let the general public on. So the testing phase, I guess you can talk about time, but there's a, a sufficient amount or a very long amount of time spent on testing and making sure everything works out, right? No, of course. Um, Safety is number one priority on any attraction we build. Mm. And uh, we spend, spend a lot of time and money to, to make sure that, and engineering to, to get it right. Yeah. And that's in every country with different statutory requirements and different, right. different approvals. Uh, exactly. Okay. Um, so as a, as a, who would be the testers? Is that cast members or just uh, the staff or who do you get in there to test out rights? I guess at first it would go on its own without people inside, but at one point, is it volunteers or is it close to the public until it's uh, usually? Uh, no, it's, um, it, it follows a general rule. Hmm. Um, you don't open to the public until it's got all the approvals. It's awesome. Um, hmm. One thing that most parks do or that I've seen in the industry is that they have like a soft opening. Yep. And at that point, everything's already approved and ready and greenlit to go. So, um, testing phase wise, um, it's, it's either you have guests or you don't have guests on, on the vehicles. Okay. So the ride is, um, seems to be for say amusement parks, um, is a key attraction in itself, right? I mean, there's, as you said earlier, the, the IP is more difficult to come by. And then it's just a matter of you have quality rides or how big, you know, what's your draw at the end of the day? Um, usually it's based around a ride, depends on what kind of ride. Uh, you know, you've been on a roller coaster, you've been on a water ride, right. you've been on a, um, what else are there? Round ride. Mm. Mixing in, we were talking about a little bit of technology. How do you take these traditional ride systems and, make them new and exciting again or reinvent yeah. them to be a little more exhilarating or can twist and turn and and make your guests um, see or feel on a different level. Yeah. Uh, but it's usually usually based around around ride system and then the IP will take you through the story. Okay. Um, okay, so I guess that's when you... And a park needs to be large enough to be half a day long or i mean what's what's uh how big does the park need to be they can spend a whole day or half a day or how do you for i'm not talking about disney but in general what do you think is like a size that it makes sense to to start contemplating because it's a certain it's quite a substantial investment after all no of course um it's gotta be full day entertainment okay. um without being specific on numbers it's just your, your your guest is spending money to buy entry into your park um, it can't just be rides, you know, mm. you serve them food. Um, you got to have some sort of show and it's got to be fun for the whole family. Right. Is are those the main components then? So, uh, rides, shows and, and food. Well, that and, and, and the character interaction and merchandise. Merchandise, yeah. Um, you're trying to capitalize on, on each guest and make them spend per head per, per square meter. Yeah. Um, a lot of the industrial engineers take care of that really early on to see, you know, um, markets and how many people they can get in mm. every day, every month, every year. And they try to better the business every year that the, the park's in operation. Right. 
So there's a term called RDNE. Is that sort of the binding glue between the, the attractions? Or what do you define? So Retail, R- dining, and entertainment, right? Right. And um, Hong Kong, per se, doesn't really have one of those. Hmm. Um, but uh, they do have one in Shanghai where just beside the park, there is an RDE mm. and it's retail dining experience. They have a theater. They've got some big, big ticket restaurants. Um, it's a place where you can go without buying entry into the park. Yeah, non ticketed area. Right? Exactly. Um, it's designed and built by, by Disney, but uh, you can take your family there to have dinner. Okay. Maybe watch the fireworks from the outside of the park. Yeah. Epcot, I think, has it in, in Orlando, right? Uh, yep. They have a park. Yeah. Yep. Um, California has one as well. Mm. Um, there's a merchandise store. Usually, you know, it's another place where Disney can put some set up some of its own businesses, right? But can bring in other retailers to also, you know, sell other products. So that caters more, I guess, to a local population. And there's a people can just go there, hang out, and they, you know, if you go for dinner, why let's not go? Why not go to Disney, right? That kind of idea. Yeah, and. Um, in Shanghai, they don't sell any alcohol in the park. Mm. But when you go to the RD&E area, you can have alcohol with your dinner. Okay. Um, you can go to a traditional restaurant. Yeah, I think Universal in Orlando is the same, where there's no alcohol in the park, but uh, outside of the RD&E area. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, all right. Being mindful of time as well. Um, so in terms of advice or in general, if you look at your career, I mean, how do you get ahead i guess it's a do you, are you looking to become on the creative side or you would you be interested in doing that or where do you where do you see your journey i wouldn't partic- I'm, I'm not going in the creative side okay. um i'm quite happy where i am right now in the project management and control side um being a leader being a manager hmm. um working with such a diverse and, and big team how big is the team is that 100 people you said or um in and around it, it, it varies along the different phases of the project. Okay. Um, we, we bring in different uh, different members, different uh, colleagues to, to help us design and then execute and finish projects. Um, yeah, putting it all together, I think, is the most gratifying part. You know, we, we deal with interesting issues every single day. Yeah. We're problem solving. Um, and little bit new managers or at least in this day and age um i was just listening to a podcast they're, they're called or we're called crisis managers now <laughs> and um just dealing with different crises every day you know big problems small problems mm. um we have to navigate and we gotta make sure that we're building the right scope right. on the right budget and on the right schedule okay so nailing those those three is, is not easy if you get two out of three you're pretty lucky <laughs> Are you looking forward, I guess, to the opening, to finishing it? Or you think the journey is so much fun that you would wish it would never end? It, it's got to end. Uh, we, <laughs> yeah. we all got schedules and budgets to meet. Um, but the journey, definitely, um, you got good days, you got bad days. Mm. It's all part of the journey. And to stay positive and keep stay mindful, um, just managing your own stress and managing your team and making sure everybody's on the same page. Right. Um, being a project manager, that's that's really that's your job Hmm. that's my job and um putting it together yeah and how much of that is teamwork and how much do you spend sort of i mean as a in a work day is it plenty of meetings or is it mostly that you know you focus more on it's all team it's all teamwork Uh, like i said it's a logistical nightmare and it builds such a massive 
um, world-class project like this that, you know, you got, I've got team teammates and team members from all over the world, all different time zones. Okay. So we're, we're having meetings early in the morning and, and late at night. Okay. So being flexible. Sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. And um, what do you think uh, in terms of where is the theme park industry heading for the next 10 years? Is it that influence of technology that will become bigger or is it IP that will be more driven or it's already driven by movies? What do you think is, um, what can we expect uh, theme parks in general for the next 10 years? Um, what is, is it going to be same as last 10 years? What, what's going to be exciting? I think just like any other industry, it's going to be shaken up. Um, there's a lot of convergence in, in all all the industries today, especially mm. with COVID. Um, even the parks now, they're not they're not operating at capacity. You know, the government says you can only open to a certain percentage of capacity. Um, yeah, the business is going to have to change. Um, people's tastes are going to change. Even today, now we look at entertainment when you've been stuck in country or you can't travel. Um, the local market needs to support your, your business, mm. uh, without international guests coming to the park, we have to find different ways to, to make it interesting for, for our guests right now. And then when you say something like in five or 10 years, taste change, Absolutely. technology change. So mm. what's the appetite for the business to implement this and say, shut down an attraction to upgrade it? Is it worth the upgrade? Um, also, where the local market goes, you know. Mm. Um, you can see in Hong Kong, they have Happy Valley, or not Happy Valley, sorry, Ocean Park. Ocean Park, yeah. And that's gone through a massive change. Um, yeah. They're trying different things to revamp their business. Um, Disney hasn't had to do that yet or hasn't gone there, but um, Disney does it a little bit differently as well. Mm. So it's really seeing where the competitors are and seeing where the local tastes or even the guest tastes have changed. Yeah. Staycations has become a huge thing now. Um, Disney's got three massive hotels on, on property. Was um, there a fourth one in construction or uh, that was the third one that opened recently? It was the third one that just opened okay. a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah, a couple of years ago. Okay. Um, yeah, just even like the hotel tastes have changed. So, you know, you've got three, three hotels on property. Do they have to look at something different? Do they have to change up um, some of the theming? Or, you know, it's, mm. it's to see how many guests really want to come and do a staycation and, and hang out on property. Well, it's full on Easter, I heard, from Eunice. So uh, I guess uh, it, it's still popular. And uh, it's a great time to spend, uh, you know, with your family or loved ones and, and get out there and check it out. So, um Yeah, we're up in time, unfortunately. It's flown quite a bit. So uh, great having you, Nicholas. Really, uh, that was fun. Thank you so much. Learning a bit more about uh, what's happening in Disney Imagineering. Um, and uh, there's a lot happening. And I look forward to see your next project. Um, do you know when it's open? Or is it uh, now timelines announced? No timelines announced at the moment. Okay. Can't, can't let the cat out the bag. Okay. <laughs> All right. But uh, yeah, more fun to come uh, at uh, Hong Kong Disneyland. So uh, thanks, Nicholas. Thank you so much. And uh, I guess you got to go back to work in <laughs> different time zones and keep project managing it. And uh, uh, we'll see you in the next episode. This was Made in Asia, the podcast for entrepreneurs and creators in the experience of transformation economies in Asia. You can find us on our website, uh, made-in.asia. 
or on our Instagram, uh, Made in Asia underscore the podcast. Uh, next episode, stay tuned. Uh, best way to do that is through our Instagram, see what's happening. Uh, or read up in our blog about backgrounds and other interesting stuff. So thanks all for joining and hope to see you soon again. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the second part of the ninth episode of the Made in Asia podcast today with Nicholas Schum, an Imagineer at the Walt Disney Imagineering based in Hong Kong. To stay up to date about new episodes of the podcast, follow us on Instagram, madeinasia underscore the podcast, and do check us out on our website, made-in.asia. If you liked this episode, please subscribe, follow, and leave us a comment. Thank you and stay tuned.